We say it all the time, but where would you be without his mercy? Where would you be without his grace tonight? Amen. Let's sing this. more me out for him to have for him and it's in my body do you feel that way tonight 
if that's true, God's got great things for you tonight. The Bible says he'll supply all your needs. You know what you've been praying about. You know what you've been needing. Our God meets needs. You serious with him tonight? Our God meets needs. You've not come to just some bank to get a loan. You've not come to a doctor to hope to get a cure. You've come before the king of kings, and there's nothing he cannot do. Nothing he cannot do. I, I'm still always so amazed to think about that day in the tent, Elohim sitting there, telling Abraham, I'll visit you. I'll bring my promise about. I'll bankrupt heaven. Whatever it takes to bring that to pass, I'll do that. I'll visit you according to the time of life. Sarah laughs. He asked them, is there anything too hard for God? Now the prophet of our day tightens it up real good and close to you. He says, anything too hard for you? A man fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. I didn't say that. He did. See, I don't believe that was just a prophet, a, a man's words. I believe that was God's provided way for this day. I believe God spoke to the lips of that man for me. You can take it or leave it. I believe it was for me. I believe that. I appreciate the Lord so much. You are in for a treat tonight. We've been through the ringer in the last month. Demonic enforcement, troubles, oppression has come against us harder than it seemed like we've had as an assembly. And, and, and he's been after us since day one. Day one. But in the last month or two months, he's come in like a flood. God has a standard standing right there. Now, I've been very careful not to tell him very much about what we've been going through. So you're going to be impressed. You know what you've been talking to the Lord about. As you hide away and you speak to him, you know what you've been talking to him about. I don't know. He don't know. But he does. And what I love again about our prophet, he said, when these things are called out, when these things are brought before your very eyes, you understand very clear that the messianic sign is here again. Because the Messiah is here. The Lord Jesus Christ is here. There's nothing impossible for him. I'd like to invite tonight Brother William Smith from Pawnee, Oklahoma to come tonight and preach for us. A lot of you don't know him. Some of you do. I love him. He's my brother. I'd like for him to come now. Let's sing that song as he's coming. I thank you for my healing. My soul is now set free.
I've got the biggest mouth in America, so you'll probably be able to hear me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, it's good to be in the house of God. Amen. We remember about two and a half years ago, I get got to meet your pastor, and, and uh, it was... Uh, a brother and I found him Amen. and uh, Amen. his dad I got to meet him first and and uh, my arm still feels the first time I met him <laughs> the guy has a don't ever say he's too old because just go and give him a good handshake and he could tell you that arm he's got is is uh, powerful but it's good to be here we Amen. We are praying for the family, and and uh, but I will tell you this: if she could come back right now, in that right mind that she is right now, she would say, "Press on, That's right. press on. That's Don't worry about me, but press on. Because if you press on, you'll graduate one day." She graduated. Yeah, but she was so sick. Through our trials and tribulation, he said he would never forsake us. He would never leave us. We go through that for our perfection. And because we go through there with our perfection, through his blood, cleanse us. He sets us free. When I left my home, I I thought, well, I'm going to be preaching on these two thoughts. And then when I, I guess it was about four hours or five hours before I did leave, Brother Sam, he gives me a text and said his mama just passed away. I thought, well, it wasn't for us to go. If I gave him a call to tell him I love him and I'm still going to come anyway, and uh, even if I just had to get a motel and and just be there to, to comfort him and his dad and his Sisters and, and uh, his little children that we fell in love with, and uh, and so we uh, was on our way, and the Lord just the closer I was getting, the more nervous as I was getting. You may be seated for a minute, and uh, and so. Last night when I got here and we was eating some 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 dinner and I was looking across and I was I was looking to you all and I was I was amazed how each and every one was taking this time and and um, but you know the the thing that I saw the most is I saw that. The sisters of that precious lady that passed away, I didn't know her very well. And she only came to Pawnee once and and uh, maybe twice. And, and so I didn't really get a chance to talk to her. But her girls are precious to me. I, I think the world of them. And, uh, and I was watching them last night, and I could tell one of them was hurting. 
The other one was hurting, but she's always kind of taken since ever she had her her heart messing up with her that time, and and uh, every time I seen her, she was bubbly, and and everybody's different. Every human being is different in their in their characteristics that they have, and because of that, they're unique. God created us all to be a family. And if we're not a family, then the thought that I have this evening, we're going to have a lot of people at the altar. Because if we don't have our Lord Jesus in us, then how can we call ourselves Christians? This message of the hour isn't nothing unless you apply it to your life. This, this good book, if I just stick it over here and I just leave it right here and I don't pick it up only when I come to church, it's not going to do you a hill of beans right there. You've got to eat the book. And this book, when we eat this book, it changes your life. This book right here will change your life. The reason why people don't believe that there's a message of the hour and is because they really didn't read this book. Exactly. I'm not going to take the message and take the message over my Bible. And I'm not going to take the Bible over my message. Because Malachi 4 is in the Bible. And so if he's in the Bible, then what he said is thus saith the Lord. But we don't want to take it to a mind. We want to take it to our heart. The Bible says to eat, and you'll know them by their fruits. And so if you're eating the word, you're going to produce what? The word. And so if Brother Branham has told you and I the truth, then we are going to walk, breathe, and speak this right here. Nothing else. If he's a true prophet of God, he is going to bring us to this, and if we believe that, we are going to be Mrs. Jesus Amen. Christ because this says Mrs. Jesus Amen. Christ. Amen. Because this brings you and I in real fellowship That's with right. God. So if we can open our Bibles for a moment in, moment in Hebrews 10, if you can would stand one more time. When I was sitting back there, something had I had a check mark, so I didn't know if I was actually going to switch the message while I was standing up here. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so I had to talk a little bit. And so here in Hebrews 10, we're going to start at the first verse. And if you don't have a Bible, I hope you have it up here or maybe the word. But if you don't have a Bible, uh, I'm going to be a mean uh, preacher. Shame on you. Because I make mistakes. And so I might read something wrong. But if you have a Bible, you can say, Brother William, that wasn't what, you, what the Bible says. And we can keep each other. Preachers are not the only one that can, that can say, hey, the Bible says this. You could tell me, hey, Brother William, it's this word. And it wouldn't offend me one bit. But Hebrews 10 and 1, it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make 
the comer thereunto perfect. Now, did you read that? Did you hear that? For then would they not have ceased to be offered. Because that the worshiper once purged should have had no more conscious of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Therefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast not no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above, above, when he said sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do the will, O God, to take away the first, that he may establish the second, by which, by, by the which with we are sacrificed through the offerings of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Let's go to John, 1 John 1. Praise the Lord. I'll get going here. And then you won't be able to keep me back here in this pulpit here. 1 John 1 and 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declared unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So why our churches are fighting all the time? Why is our brothers and sisters in each church fighting against each other? If they believe what the Bible says. That's a good, good, good question to think about, isn't it? Why is brother so-and-so church don't like brother Samuel? Why is my church don't like because somebody else don't like them? Something's wrong somewhere. Something's majorly wrong in somebody's heart. When a man of God says that his church is the only one that's going to go to heaven. Show me in the scriptures where that says that. I'm not talking about message. I'm talking scripture. So we have to watch out for those men that are covered with a covering called sheep. But inside, they're wolves. They're anointed. 
And they can say this message better than anybody else can. But you've got to make sure. Because watch out. This message is going to be attacked by every wind of doctrine to try to keep you out of the presence of God. He's going to push your buttons to get you mad at one another. That's when you grab a hold to that person. You grab them and you say, I love you. Let's pray together because the devil's trying to get between us. Don't let Satan come in between this church. You kick him out of this place. You have the right. You have the Holy Ghost and you have the same power that Peter had. Get behind me, Satan. Amen. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful, thank God, and just to forgive us from our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I feel you, Father God. But Lord, I feel that other spirit that's really strong. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord God, to come down with you and your angels, Father God. Lord, let it be done, Lord, where there's so much of you here, Lord, that Satan and all of his nonsense will leave, Father God. That you can have complete control over every human being in this place. Lord, you have promised as the word comes forth, there'll be healing. You promise, Lord, if we believe, all things are possible. And, Lord, I'm nothing, but you are everything. And, Lord, help me to say exactly what you want to say, Lord. Speak to your children, Lord. Each and every one of these ladies and gentlemen, Lord, are your people. And, Lord, I'm just blessed to be able to be around them, Father God. Because, Lord, I'm just a servant. I'm just a foot-washing flunky, Father God. And, Lord, we just love you this evening. Lord, I pray that you'll be with my little wife at home, not feeling well, Lord, and my little, my daughter, Lord, that let her husband come with me, Lord, to take care of my mo- her mother. Bless them, Father God. I pray that you'll be with our church, Lord. Use Brother Harry as uh, the pastor's gone, Lord. Use him for your glory tomorrow morning. Just be with us this evening, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. My little thought this evening is fellowship is under the shed blood. If you want fellowship with God, we have to get under the shed blood. There in... The Old Testament there, in Numbers 19 and 1 through 9, it says, And the, and the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that, that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, within is no blemish. Amen. And upon which never came yoke. 
And he shall give her unto Eliezer the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp. And one shall slay her before his face. And Eliezer the priest shall take her, take her blood with his finger and sprinkle it for her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. And one shall burn the heifer in his sight, her skin and her flesh and her blood and her dung and shall be burned. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and cast it into the middle of the burning of the heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and he shall bathe his flesh in water and afterward he shall come unto the camp and the priest shall be unclean unto the evening. And he that beareth her shall wash his clothes in in water and bathe his flesh in water and shall be unclean until the evening. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay it there upon without the camp in a clean place. And it shall be kept for a congregation of the children of Israel for a water of separation. It is a purification. You shall see God only if you're under the shed blood. When God come to Moses and he he spoke to Moses and, and, and Aaron, he had a purpose. Because brothers and sisters, we can go back in, in Genesis and we can see that Adam and Eve, Eve was deceived by one word. Adam was willingly, the Bible says he was willingly, he sinned willingly. He knew that he shouldn't have. But there was something on the inside that was standing in front of him, and that was the female part of him that he loved dearly. It was his wife. Yes, she committed adultery. She committed these things under under the circumstances. But brothers and sisters, that he loved her so much, he partaked of the same fruit. And he, because he did that, he covered her with his life to protect her from the mighty God that was standing there, standing saying, where art thou, Adam? But brothers and sisters, it was more than just that because he was, he was reflecting himself from what he really was and he was a part of God. And because he was a part of God, God had to look down to them and say, you're going to die. But before he sent them out in the out of Eden, he had to do something for them because before the foundations of the Bible says that God killed the lamb. And when he killed that lamb, it was before the foundations of the world. He knew that one day it was going to happen. But before then, it had to be an innocent lamb or an innocent goat. Something had to be innocent to cover their sins so that God can have some kind of fellowship with man. And so now here he was, he's standing there 
looking at his children, the ones that he created. And let me tell you something. People will say that she's a byproduct. She was created in him. When God breathed into that body, she was there. She might have been under the covenant, under his skin, in a rib form, but she was there. She was created by God. God just put that man asleep, and he reached down there, and he grabbed a rib, and he smoothed him back over and healed him, and he created. He grabbed the same dirt that he created before the foundations of the world, and he formed Eve. Yeah, she was a weaker vessel. But somebody loved her. Because when Adam looked at her, he was looking at himself. How can somebody try to kill himself? He couldn't do it. That's why he loved her. That's why he took her. He could have turned around and said, Oh God, I can't believe this. Destroyer. Take her off the scene, Father. Take another rib from me, Lord. And I'll promise you, oh God, that I'll make sure that this one won't go over there. I'll stand between her. I'll watch her like a hawk. I'll be a jealous husband. I won't let her do nothing. No. He didn't want nobody else. God doesn't want nobody else. He wants you. That's why he put something in you. And if there's something that's pulling from your heart, saying, yes, Lord, I love you back. You need to grab a hold of God and never let him go. Hallelujah. Maybe you don't understand everything that our brother preaches. Don't get mad at him and leave the church. Why don't you be a real man of God or a woman of God and you place it up over here on that mantle and you say, God, I don't understand this, but the day that you will, please reveal it to me. And you start reading that Bible under that way, God will reveal it to you. But if you're going to stand there, he ain't going to reveal it to nobody. He ain't going to reveal it to somebody that's going to think they know something more. I don't know at all. I can't tell you everything about the message of the hour. But what I do know, I'm going to preach it with all my God, with my heart. With my God standing there with me and filling me up with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. And asking him every day to fill me more and fill me more. Brother William, how do you mean he can fill you more? He's a, he's a spirit. You get a balloon. And you keep putting air to it. It'll get bigger. And it'll get bigger and it gets bigger. And when it blows, he's gone. That's what happened to our sister just yesterday morning. Oh, she was suffering. Pain. Couldn't remember. But way down there yonder, in maybe a denominational church, she gave her heart to God. And God brought her closer and closer into the presence of him. And then he revealed to him that she was more than a denominational. She was my child. She's my wife. And she's going to come unto me. 
Man, this little Kentucky hillbilly that can't even talk like me, but I'm from New Mexico, stands there and says, God loves you. He died for you. And he says that get the Holy Ghost before your mind goes, before your heart goes, before you get cancer, before you get these things, before you drive out the driveway and somebody runs you over. Get the Holy Ghost. This altar right here is a life-changing to a real man of God and a real woman of God. 22 and a half years ago, I was standing way back there in a church only because my brother let me borrow his truck and I felt obligated to come on a Saturday evening to go to church. This big, big man was preaching on the cross Slamming his hands down like somebody was beating the nails in his hands. Brothers and sisters, I don't remember from there to here. But when I got here, my sins were gone. I can look back and say he took them from me. Because I met God here. But I must have met him back there where he can deal with me to get me to this place. But we're listening to too much trash and say the altar is not here no more. Let me tell you something. If that's the case, then every one of us didn't make it. Why are we in church? But show me the scripture where God stopped the altar. And I can show you where the prophet right before he died had an altar call. But anything before... Before the 63, when those seals were open, what? If one person had to come that way, everybody's got to go that way. Those ones God spoke to, looked at, God looked at Moses and Aaron and says, "Go Go get that heifer. It has to be this color. It has to be this spotless. It had to be clean. Take it to your priest. And he takes it to his priest. And Brown says that he's the one that handed it to him. So who killed the sacrifice? I believe it was the prophet. Because then it said he handed it to him. And when he handed it to him, then he took it out... And what happened? It was an ordinance. It was a law that was made. It had to be a shedding blood. Why did he have to do it seven times with his finger? Seven church ages. Representing of our day. What was he doing? He was giving those people an opportunity Brothers and sisters, did you know that they couldn't have fellowship with God at their own home? They could not have fellowship with God without coming to the tabernacle. They had to come to the tabernacle. If they were sin upon them, they would die before they walked through that door. 
God made a way. He, cre- he created these animals just specifically for these sacrifices. And when these sacrifices happened, when God come and spoke this to Moses, and he gave it to Aaron, the priest, and when he sprinkled those on the congregation of the tabernacle, you know, he didn't stop there. He went all the way into the holies of holies. That priest had to have the bells ringing perfectly. He had to be able to stand there and walk behind a veil to show you and I that one day that you and I was going to go behind the veil. And when he went behind the veil, God accepted that sacrifice and he come down from glory and men and women could walk through them doors and give their life and worship God in that building. And if they committed any sins out there on the job site, they can walk to the tabernacle of water separation where those ashes was laying and a priest was standing there. You would walk up and you confess your sins and they would sprinkle those ashes upon you and you were white as snow again. Then you can walk through that door and you can worship him. But that bulls and goats only pushed their sins ahead. It did not give them a peace. Only a peace of knowing that one year later we got to do it again. Saints of God, we are blessed. We are blessed. So now, all through time, sacrifices and sacrifices, before long, it just got to be religious. And before long, it was only the Levites that did it. The people didn't care. Before long, people were selling and buying in right there. But we was promised before the foundation of the world, a lamb was going to be slain. And this lamb was going to take away all sin, sins before and sins after. If you committed them that day, you can ask for God's forgiveness and God will give it to you then. God looked down in time and he saw you in 2023. Knowing that you're going to go through hardship. He knew that you're going to go through trials. He knew that you're going to have pain and suffering. But God said, if you serve me, I will come unto you and I'll give you Satan. No, he didn't. He says, I will give you rest. I'll give you peace. But we can say amen to it. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe what Brother William just said to you? Or is it just by ear every time you come to church say, amen? Or do you really believe it? Because if you really believe it, I want everyone to stand up. I want every one of you to look at everyone that's in this building. Turn around and look at each other. 
living here tonight want one of you to go to hell? How many in here wants you to go to heaven with each other? I'm a baby of eight, and I got family members that won't even talk to me because they got their feelings hurt. Well, how did you get the inheritance? Well, because your daddy married my mama, and he adopted me. I'm sorry. But they were my brothers and my sisters. I still love them today. But I was Addie Joe Smith's son. That property come from my grandfather, my mother's side. Before my stepdaddy came involved, it was already in my name. Before you were born, it was already yours. Salvation was already yours. You guys just come from, from God. But now he created a place that you can be in with him. He's created a place that you can have him with everything that's in you. What is it? Solving grace. Solving Jesus that loves you and says, I am going to take the sacrifice. You may be seated. We need to quit looking at each other and try to find faults in one another. We need to get underneath the blood so that you can have fellowship with God. And if you can have fellowship with God, your relationship is going to be powerful. If I'm always getting mad at my big toe, so I just wish I can cut the stupid thing off, then I would walk funny for the rest of my life. I'll just get rid of my arm. I would look funny for the rest of my life. I wouldn't be complete. But brothers and sisters, I got a body and I'm complete. But you had back surgery, brother William. But all my bones are still there. I might have some rods in there, but I'm still complete. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, being under that fellowship with God, those men and those women that were serious in the Old Testament would have longed to have your your way. They would have loved to have the Holy Ghost when they're out there in the wilderness and that devil coming by called Philistines and they were coming and they were taking their place. But those men didn't have no power. And every year their, all their crops would be taken away by the Philistines. But one day one man got sick of it. One man said, I believe the Jehovah Jireh. I believe that he's my God. And I believe he's going to deliver me. And he said, I, sons, daughters, wife, people, when those Philistines come by, I'm going to run out there and I'm going to fight until my death. Honey, I ain't coming back. But one day, they come across and those little farmers, all those little farmers picked up their, 
their hoes and their shovels and their sticks. You ever got whooped by a stick before? Don't feel too good. My little granny. Woo! She'd get the longest switch and she'd be running. She'd know where you got. She'd go, swap! I mean, you'd buckle up. Oh! Instantly you're looking at Grandpa. Oh, no. Get another spanking. But what are they doing? They're doing it because they love me. They want to make sure that I was raised right. God is trying to teach us how to be Christians through the message of the hour. And we're fussing. We're fattened. We're just all this. And he's sitting there going, look at your children. Hundreds of them in this message want to kill themselves. Why? Because they're too worried about themselves. They're too worried about what they think and what everybody else thinks. And they read something and say, this is the absolute, and I'm putting a period behind it. Brothers and sisters, a real man told me one time, he says, do not ever put a period behind any sentence. Because God grows those sentences bigger. My God is big. My God is a powerful God. My God will heal you. My God will save you. My God will take care of you. I've never been in Pentecost. You know what my Pentecost was? Frontier bar. Pool tables. Dance halls. Drinking it up. Cussing it up. Using God in vain. Beating people up because I thought I could do it. And if I couldn't do it, I got something to do it with. I was horrible. But when God come to me, I said, I'll give you a new heart. I'll fix your mind. Not only that, I'll put my spirit upon you. We should never have one sick human being in our church. The reason why we got too many people sick, we got too many people this and that, is because we're not lining up underneath that blood. We've got to get underneath it as a unit body of Jesus Christ. I tell the church back home, my pastor says it too, we cannot go in a rapture without you too. I can't go without you, girl, and I'm not going to. I'm not going without you. I'm not going out with you, sister. You're going with me. We're going home. I guarantee you that sister would have taken you the other morning if she could. But she wasn't your savior. She was just mama. She was a wife. She was a grandma. But she did her purpose. Now today she's got her reward. We don't have to stop there and say, well, I have to wait till I get my reward. I got rewards on this earth. That's right. That's right. I got promises here. That's right. yes, sir. I've got joy here. That's right. yes, sir. I've got the love of God with me now. Not long ago, I was praying for a cousin. He said he wasn't going to come out of his coma. Over a tooth infection. 
And that tooth went into his bloodstream. He went into a coma. They said, he's not ever going to come out of it. Went to go visit. I'm standing there talking to his mother and talking to his dad. And they're just crying. And saying, you know, my daddy, we've been Christians all of our lives. And I'm thinking, oh, God. You call that Christianity? Smoking and drinking and going to church and robbing seizure and doing this and doing that, but you go to church. I'm sitting there going, oh, God, that boy don't have a chance. If he comes back, what is he going to come to? So she asked me to come back there, and I go back there with her, and she goes, please pray for my son. I said, you might not like what I'm going to say. She goes, whatever you say. And I said, Father God, don't let this boy come back unless he's going to be a testimony for you. I said, if he's not going to be a testimony to you, Lord, I pray what the doctors say that that boy can hear me. And I said, boy, I pray in the name of Jesus that you hear me. Give your life to Jesus. If you can never wake up, boy, give your life right now. If you can hear me, then you've got a conscience and you're still on this earth. Give your life to God. But if God raises you out of this bed, boy, you be a testimony in God. Backed off. She gave me a hug. Said, Thank you. I walked out. Bill and I got in the car and we was driving down the road. And Bill goes, I appreciate you coming. My sister really, really need to hear you. I said, Brother Bill, you and I have been cousins for a long time. I said, you know, your daddy, when I was a little boy, he got saved. And, boy, he was all fired up with God and, and all this. And, and I said, you can punch me if you like to. But, you know, your oldest brother died with AIDS. You guys get all bent out of shape because he was gay. And he just stood there. I said, you know, your dad was just a hard-nosed buddy. You better live for God or you're going to go straight to hell. I said, his next oldest boy. Runs off with some married wife, commits adultery with her, and the guy that owns that woman blows his brains out and lifts him out in the middle of nowhere. And coyotes and birds ate him up. The only thing was left was his belt saying Kevin across it and a bunch of bones. And then all of a sudden, this same cousin that wanted all the family to be saved and go to heaven together, now there's only one hell, and that's on the earth. You can be baptized any way you want to. You can do whatever you want to because if you just believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. And my Bible says they're going to walk up to him one day and say, Father, I did this in your name. I did this and I've done this and I did this. He goes, you workers of iniquity, I've never met you. I never knew you. I said, Bill, where's your daddy at today? Where is he, Bill? I said, Bill, he's down in, in another town working himself to death because he gambled all of his money away and his sister had to buy his property so he wouldn't lose his property. But he's supposed to be a man of God. Bill, where's your daddy at? About 9 o'clock, we, we leave that place and we get home. And I get a phone call. 
one o'clock in the morning by Bill. And he said, you ain't going to believe it. I said, believe what? He goes, he's awake. He's setting up. He's testifying. He said, Ma, his, mom, his mom looked at him and says, how are you feeling? He goes, I feel great. He says, his buddy goes, what's wrong with you? He goes, nothing. I want to serve the Lord. He goes, what, are you going to be a preacher someday? He goes, whatever God wants me to be. For one whole month, that boy testified and testified and testified of God. On Christmas Day, God took him home in a car accident. One day, he didn't die on that, on that bed. But God saved a young man at 19 years old because there was a seed laying there that had to come forth. You have to come forth, church. Let our pride, let our nonsense drop. Let everything die out to God. Come to an altar at your home, at the church, somewhere, and find an altar and make sure that the blood of Jesus is covering you completely. No doubt in your mind. Because if you're under the blood, you'll have peace. You'll have long-suffering for one another. You'll have that great love under the precious blood of Jesus. What is it? It's called a love affair. You wives love your husbands. Would you do everything for them if you could? Why can't we do that for God? He died for you. His own life. He died and shed his blood so that blood could run upon you. And when you do commit sins, because he's in you, he says, whoa. And he said, Father, forgive me. I didn't mean to look. Oh, God, forgive me. I didn't, look, I didn't mean to look at her twice, Lord. Oh, you have the Holy Ghost and you look twice? Come on, man. Why did Brother Branham have to have a cross on his window? Quit being thinking you're better than the prophet. And he's not better than me. We're both brothers. He just had a higher calling. Let's take each other by the hand. Why? It's going home time. It's going home time. Now Israel, when they came into fellowship with God, there was only one place to fellowship with God, and that was the tabernacle. In the tabernacle is where the bleeding sacrifice was going all the time. The people, God never promised to meet with a people anywhere else but under the shed blood think of it I'm going to let that sink for a minute he said he goes now look God has never promised to meet any man upon his merits up upon how good he is or how good she is he has never promised to meet them there there is no fellowship with God under your own merits. The only place there is fellowship is under the shed blood 
of God. And he goes on and he goes, from Genesis to Revelation, it's only through the blood of an innocent substitute to cover the guilt, penalties of sinners. Only the blood. Notice quickly, Israel went to the building. They the shed the blood. And in the building was the only place that God would meet the fellowship with the kin, kin believer. In the building, that's where the shed blood was. The lamb died at the altar daily. The blood went out and the blood smoke hung over the tabernacle and God could not see the sin so that the people went beneath the blood and had fellowship. Oh God. Do you want fellowship? Why don't we read my, your Bible more than turn it on your television? I don't have television, brother Wade. You have a phone, don't you? How many in here have a phone? Raise your hand. Mamas and daddies, see these lovely girls right here? If you really love them, you love that boy right there. Don't give it to them until after they're over 16. And then you know they have the Holy Ghost. If you don't, you're going to corrupt their minds. They're already having a hard time today through pressure at school, pressure of even boys and girls in this message. They're full of the devil because their mamas and daddies don't care. Brother William, you only had one daughter. Yeah, and she's married and she loves God with all of her heart. And you know, she's already talking to about 35 girls and helped them go through a time of life because her mom and daddy thought they were better than their children. And my daughter led 32 girls to the Lord before she was 16. Because she got a real experience at 13. Daddy didn't want to work her up. I wanted to make sure she understood what justification was and what sanctification was and the baptism of the Holy Ghost was. We need to make sure that the adults understand and the children understand that when, when that man went out into his, his barn, in that barn, and he saw that glass laying there on the ground with the cow manure and the horse manure and the mud and the muck and all the chicken, you know what, all over it. But when he picked it up, that thing was saved. But everything that was on that ground was on that cup. That's what sanctification is all about. Sanctification is when God, not preacher, not church, but God, through a church, through a pastor that lingers and prays with them and seeks God with them and tells them, seek God get revelation that this trash that's on you is trash and you pray and you pray and you say God help me not to 
lie no more, Father God. Father, I need you, Lord. I need an experience. I need something to grab a hold of. And then God gives you that revelation that and you don't ever want to ever want to lie again. And then you cry out to God and say, Father, I, I, I've cussed and I cuss all the time, but you're still in the master's hands. You're saved. And you're saying, oh, God, I'm asking you, Lord, to put your blood upon me. Lord, I need it, Father God. I need you to wash me and cleanse me and wash all these attributes of sin out of my life. I want to be clean, Lord. And one day, all of it's clean. And the only thing you got there is this little nasty, filthy devil called Lucifer. And now you get down to business at the altar in your home or in the car with your mamas and your daddies and your aunts and uncles, whatever, your pastor, and you start crying out to God and say, God, I don't lie no more. I don't cuss no more. I don't want to do those things no more. And I do not want Satan in my life no more. I want him ripped out. I want every root out. I want every bitterness out. I want everything out, God, because I want to be pure. And you create an atmosphere around God and God covers you with blood and before long that same blood that saves you turns into poison on the devil. And weed killer starts coming out. And that weed eater starts coming down upon that heart and it goes down deep inside of that soul and it starts killing out all the roots of that Satan that can't grab a hold of you no more. And before long, God reaches down inside of your soul. This dead thing is dead. Roots are all plucked up. He, he takes it away. He takes it away. And now, you got to wait 15 years before you get the Holy Ghost. No. The Bible says as soon as it's clean, he goes to the shelf and he picks it up and he goes to the water fountain and he fills it up and it fills up with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It has to come. But no, people are trying to get them down to the altar and they're suffering and they're pain and they're good and they don't know and even know why they're down there. Except they have to repent. Sometimes we've got to lead them. We've got to get them down to the altar. But sometimes these kids are smarter than what we think. Just talk to them straight. I said... You're not going to heaven if you're lying. You got to get the bitterness in us out. You can't hate nobody. How do I get it out? You cry out to God until he takes it from you. Maybe you have to fast a little bit. Stay off your phone just a little longer. I like my pastor. He says, you don't even have to fast food. He goes, put your phone away for a couple of days. Pick up your Bible. That's a good fast. And you can sit there and eat your hamburger while you're reading. But these people are dying 
Our generation is dying for love. And they're going all over the place trying to find it. And the greatest love is underneath shed blood of Jesus. Then he fills it up. And you want to give God a drink? Praise him. Worship him. And what he does, he just grabs a hold of you. Me and you are one. Then he takes you right back over there and he fills you up again. And then he goes back over here and he goes, praise God, me and you are one. And he goes back over here and he fills you up again. And then you go over here because now he's carrying you. And you're going through all this trash and you're going through all this and you, you don't know, but he's carrying you. You see, you look back and you only see two footprints because he's carrying you. And then the longer he's doing, he's going. He's getting a blessing every time for you. And then he goes and he takes you up and he fills you up again. Because you come to the altar and you feel like you just need to get a little bit more. Because you're not afraid of the altar now. Because you know where you met God. You're not, you don't have to worry about the preacher getting done and all. You're already down here saying, oh God. Devil's fighting me. I need more of thee, oh God. Shed thy blood over my soul, Lord. Fill me with your baptism of the Holy Ghost. But an experience changes the human being. Forever. Because if you get the Holy Ghost, you're totally sealed until the day of your redemption. You young people, Jesus loves you. You're having hard times? You having tribulation? What's tribulation? Somebody know what tribulation is? You young people? Come on now. Okay, let me go further. Let's see if you elders know it. Do you know what tribulation is? Uh, mamas and daddies? Say what? That's tribulation. When that devil's looking at you and saying, you're not pretty, nobody's going to like you. You got too many pretty, you got too many pretty freckles. I am not devil, so I can't say they're ugly. But you got too many freckles. And so, but God created it. So Amen. He, he must love it. Amen. He must love it. You're not pretty enough. That's well, that's your opinion. God says, I am. You got too much red hair on the top of your head. I don't like it. You can look at that devil and say, boo, devil. God didn't want me to have the red hair. I wouldn't have it. He says, I'm perfect. Listen, this is real. I'm not up here for money. I don't want a dime from you. I just want soul saved. Amen. I want people under the blood so I can go home. Amen. I'm tired of my knees hurting. I'm tired of my back hurting. I'm tired of my shoulders hurting. I'm tired of losing my voice. But there's a God in heaven 
and it loves you through all your trials. But we call on things that we're not calling on him. And he's the one that can help you and me. The only one. Brother William, I don't understand. I'm sitting here looking at you like a, a lump on the wall because I never had that experience. I really don't know. I've been to I've been to camp meetings. I've been to meetings, and you know I've I've been with some really good preachers, and I'm still I just don't understand. Two two years after I got saved, I went back out in the world. I knew God forgave me for my sins. One day I was looking, and I saw my cousins having a good time. And I should have walked away that day and cried on the, to God and said, oh, God, help me. There's a pool, Father God, and I need your pool harder. But it pulled me out. I was ten times worse than I was before I got saved the first time. I'm standing there. Lost as lost can be. Thinking that I deserve hell. I have good friends and offerings today because I lied and told them that their wives are cheaters and they're whoremongers. You could do better than that. And they got divorced over them. Beat on my own couple of my family members just because how they were treating their wives. I beat them to a bloody pulp. I would call people things. It was so horrible. I had hate my life so bad. I had two cousins that I wanted to kill them so bad. they done something to me when I was a little boy. And I swore up and down I was going to kill that man. There was one time up on a barn and I had a pitchfork. And I was waiting for him to come by and I was going to stab it right in the back of his neck. He come running out there. I stood right there and just him just fell on the back of me and moved. I couldn't move. Even kill him. He had the opportunity to kill him. In my heart, I killed him. I was no better than Cain. So, about a year later, I'm standing there taking nine hits of cocaine. I had all kinds of beer in me. I had Jack Daniels, a whole bottle of Jack Daniels in me. Whole bunch of drugs at me. Standing there wide awake, saying, Why can't I die? Why can't I die? Why can't this stuff kill me? Driving 125 miles an hour home and going like this, trying to make the car swerve, make it do anything it would do just just to go off the road and just completely finish my life. I, I deserved hell.
But that night when I took nine hits of cocaine, and it wasn't the, just the regular, it was, it was big stuff. My friend says, man, we got to get this guy out of here. We got to get him home. They drive me back home. They drop me off at the Landon store where my mom works and just drove off. I walk into the there. My mom's looking at me. She's looking at me going, you are drunk or a skunk. I said, I'm more than just drunk. I walked home. Laid there in bed looking at the ceiling saying, why can I not just die? That evening, I get a phone call. My sister, Kathy, she's the youngest of my stepdad's uh, kids. Kathy, last name is Martina. She married a Spanish guy in, 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 in Texas. And she gets on there, and I said, what you want? She goes, your niece tried to kill herself yesterday, a couple days ago. And you're the problem. I said, what? What in the world did I do for this? She goes, I hate your guts. She goes, I don't want you to come around my kids. I don't want you to come around us. And when we come to see mom and dad, I want you to completely stay away. I said, don't worry. Light us after tonight before the moon comes up. I'll be gone. I get off the phone and I hang the phone up like this. And I looked at my mom and dad. And I said, Mom and Dad, you'll never see me again. I love you. My niece tried to kill herself because of me. They said, what in the world did you do? I said, I'm a sinner, Mom. And I told my little niece when she'd ask questions, I would just answer her questions. And, she, and my dad, my stepdad looked at me and goes, that's all you did? I said, no, I did one thing else. I said, one day when me and her came up to pick up my mother, we're sitting in the vehicle and she goes, what does whores uh, get treated like? <laughs> I just said, what in the world are you talking to me about this? And I should have been Uncle William. I should have took her out and gave her a spanking. I said, what in the world? You want to know about that? She goes, I just wanted to know. I said, they get treated really bad. She goes, well, how do, how do you kiss? How do you tell a little 12-year-old girl how to kiss? I just grabbed her and kissed her on the forehead. She goes, that's how they get kissed? I said, well, that's the closest you're going to get. So she put it in her diary, and she says, Uncle William, slobbery kiss me. And so for 20 years, I had to suffer knowing that I was the one that caused my little girl that I loved dearly to commit suicide. So one day we had family reunion. But before that, I, was, I walked out of the car that day, walked out to my truck, and I bought this truck that didn't have a battery. It needed heads. I'm sitting in the middle of that truck. The steering wheel's here. Glove apartment was right here. 
and right in front of me is the mirror. I love my apartment with a gun. Drugs there. All of a sudden, I heard this voice. He said, if you'll serve me, I'll fix your broken heart. I said, God, I know that's you. I deserve hell for what I've done. You know what I've done. You know who I am. You've seen how ugly I got. I said, just let me die. He goes, son, he goes, if you'll serve me, I'll fix your broken heart. I argued with him again, and I said, let me just die. I deserve to go to hell, Father. I love you, but Lord, I just, I, I treated you wrong. I treated my family wrong. I've done everything wrong. About that time, this voice come down in, the, in that little vehicle. This is God's truth. light of the Holy Ghost was right there. It lit up that whole cab of my vehicle. And that voice come down and says, if you'll serve me, I'll fix your broken heart. One dose of cocaine keeps you up 24 hours. I had nine hits. I said, Lord, I'll serve you. But you've got to take those things away from me. You've got to take the barroom. You've got to take the things away from me. You've got to take the hate. You've got to take the pervert. And you've got to fix my problems. Immediately, I was sober as I am standing right now. I get a knock on the door, and it's my brother, and he's knocking on the door because my mom went and got him. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I was getting ready to kill myself. He goes, that's what you need to do is kill yourself. He goes, what you need to do is get your life to God. And I said, I already did. He goes, well, then let's praise God. I've been serving him all these years. And he's never failed me, not one time. My wife almost died, and I saw God touch her in a meeting. And that girl was told to walk out of the hospital sicker than a dog. They didn't know what was wrong with her. You're just going to have to go somewhere else. She went to four or five doctors, and they told her, we can't help you. So one camp at our church, Brother Boer was preaching the gospel, this message. I basically had to almost carry my wife into the church. She was sitting in the very back of the, of the place that we was at. She walks as best she could across the thing. And Brother Wendell looked at me and go, he went just like that. And I looked and I see my wife and I just stood there. She walked all the way around the place and she started coming up the side over here. And Brother Wendell went to Brother Boer and says, Brother Boer, if something doesn't happen to that girl, she's going to die on us. They walked up to her 
and they laid hands on my wife. My wife could hardly stand there, and she stood there. She, they prayed for her for almost 45 minutes. She had her hands risen like this, praising God. I took her home that night. We came back the next morning. They were preaching the gospel. She was saying amen to the word. When it was over, she goes, I want to go for a walk. And I said, okay, let me go get the truck. She goes, no, leave the truck here. I want to go for a walk. I want to go up there on the top hill because they're they're out there where the camp is. But people in this message don't believe in healing anymore. We're, We're beyond that now, Brother William. We're not beyond that church. That place has 80 acres, and I took my little wife that should have died, and we walked the whole 80 acres that day. She played corn toss. She laughed, and she's never had that problem ever since. That woman loves God. She dedicates her life to this message. Brothers and sisters, if you dedicate your life to God, you are under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You can ask for anything, and it shall be yours. For 20 years, I thought my little, my, I was the one. So at the family reunion, that girl walks up to me. I'm scared to death now. Of course, my sister... She told me, you know, after I got married, and she gave me a hug and says, I love you, my little brother, and, and uh, things like that. But she never went and told her daughter nothing. But that day, that little half-skinned girl walked up to me. I says, I've got a problem with you. I said, well, here goes. She goes, why have you forsaken me? She goes, why have you left me? You're my favorite uncle and you left me. Why did you leave me? I turned around and I said, because she told me I, I'm the one that made you try to kill yourself. And she said, you did what? She goes, mama, you told him that. And she stood there. She goes, no, you did not do anything to me. And I said, she turned around and says, mama, I told you half a dozen times. Uncle William did not do one thing to me. For 20 years, I had this burden upon me. And the only one that got me through it was Jesus Christ himself. I could have had bitterness. I could have hated my sister for it. Because I knew down deep inside of me, I didn't do nothing wrong. But yes, I did do something wrong. I should have been the uncle and said, hey, you need to quit talking like that. And I should have took her to her mama and daddy and gave her a good spanking. That's what baby uncles are for is to spoil them rotten. But for 20 years, God had died for me to give me peace. When I gave that girl a hug and I was able to take her little boy, that little teeny little boy, between my legs on a motorcycle and give him a ride. That was joy unspeakable. God restored my family back to me. 
God gave me enough grace and enough love that I could tell you today, those two cousins of mine, I forgave them. I forgave them with all my heart. I gave, said, God, I'm sorry. And when the next time I go to New Mexico, I'm going to ask them to forgive me. Two weeks later, one of them died in vomit. Six months later, the other one got killed by running into another person. And honestly, I cried and I wept. Brother Saul, that's a true man of God that had really gave his life to God to say, I'm sorry, Lord. And had a true trueness in my life saying, I'm sorry. And I wanted to see them saved before they died. Brothers and sisters, for 33 and a half years, I have served God on my knees. I've served God on my feet. I've served God on my backside. I've served God in my truck. I've served God at work. I've served God everywhere I've went. And he's never forsaken me, not one time. Every tribulation I go through, every trial I go through, the blood of God covers my sins. He covers me and he gives me joy unspeakable and full of glory. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't even be preaching to you today. Because if you go to my bank account right now, I probably got maybe $500 in one and about $4,000 in the other because that's the business and that's not my money. I'm a poor man, but I'm a rich man in heaven. I've got a God that I love with all my heart. He has taken a man that was beaten and, and bruised in this in this world, and he's taken me out of it. And I've got a wife that is full of the Holy Ghost. I've got a 22-year-old daughter that loves God with all of her heart. I've got a young man here that's my son-in-law that loves God. And a year and a half, two years ago, this boy was almost an atheist. I had the opportunity to lead this young man to the Lord. And God blessed me by giving him to me as a son-in-law. God gave me more family. And before I leave this place tomorrow, I hope I have more family. I want a family of God. It's the power of the resurrection God in their lives. That they're serving God with all their heart. And I'm sorry I don't have the have big, big revelations to you because it's the little things that I see that's spoiling the vine. I think we need to dedicate our lives in a greater way. We need to find a God. We don't need to understand the, the whole entire message of the hour. But if you know God, Amen. if Jesus is living in the sight of you, there's something else inside of your life that when you look at a sinner, you will say, God, have mercy upon that person. God, give me the words of eternal life to give that person so that person won't be bound down. I could be sitting in church and looking across 
And I can see Brother Samuel, maybe the devil is fighting him. And I can say, Satan, get away from my brother in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're doing to him, but you're going to stop right now. And you walk up to him and you say, brother, what's going on? What's the matter, brother? What's going on? Let's grab each other by the hand and let's pray and you get victory in your life. Let God come in the sight of you. Let God be in flesh again. Jesus Christ is on the right hand of God. Jesus Christ himself come down in a comforter called the Holy Ghost to come and live in flesh today. The blood of the word of God could be in you right now. If we die out totally and let the presence of God come down inside of our soul. And watch our children see a real mama and a real daddy dedicated to God. And they will want what you got. You can lead your own children right into the presence of God. But when you've got bitterness and you've got hate, you will lead your children right into the same thing that you've got because that devil's going to fall upon them. But if you've got the Holy Spirit upon you and he's bubbling out at you, it's going to fall on your children. It's going to fall on your mama. It's going to fall on your daddy. It's going to fall on your brother that's a sinner. He's going to fall upon them and they will feel something and say, that's what I need. Glory of God will shed his blood upon them and they'll be saved. They'll be able to walk under the presence of God at any time that they need them. They don't have to wait till Sunday. They don't have to wait till Wednesday. But now they can worship God every day of the week, any time they want to. Night or day, they can worship God and the power of God will fall upon them. The kind of glory that it was in the tabernacle now could be living in you and the shine can come out of you by the glory of God and the shout will come out of you. I don't understand it why people don't say amen to the word. That word is life. Go touch a battery with your tongue. You're going to go, oh! Get the Holy Ghost to touch it. You'll go, hallelujah! Amen. What is it? It's a higher power falling in love with you. The hope of glory. The King of Kings is merciful to you. Oh, mercy. It's already 10, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Oh, Father God. I haven't even got into hardly one and a half pages. Notice red here. The red heifer was to be brought and to be killed in the presence of Eliezer. God come to this earth one day in the form of a man called Jesus. That Holy Ghost, that man, that spirit that was in that body was God himself standing there in the presence of human flesh. That flesh felt the burdens. He felt the call of, of, of men struggling and pain and seeing it. And then he would have pain. He could be tempted. He was, these things was tempting him. 
So he knew exactly what you were going through. He saw those sisters in pain that when he cursed them to be. He, he knew it. He saw it. He had the emotions of knowing that that poor sister's fixing to pass out because she's lost so much blood. He could see that this man is dying with leprosy. With his own eyes, he could see it. He could see the pain. He could see those things. So he was beaten for you. His beard was pulled for you. He's taken on your cross. And why he was hanging on that cross, the Holy Ghost left him. Left him. Lay there because the Bible says if a man gets hung by a cross, by the tree, he's cursed. He took your curse. He took my curse. And he stood there all alone, forsaken. And he cried out and said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because Eliezer had to, to stand there as a judge and watch. Jesus died to cover your sins. He had to put his finger and he had to sprinkle the blood in seven church ages for every church age. The high priest, our God, dipped his finger in the side of Jesus and sprinkled the blood seven times on the tabernacle. Day he's still spreading the blood on the tabernacle. Amen. He's still Amen. putting the blood Amen. on the tabernacle. Praise the Lord. So he can have true fellowship with you tonight. Through all your pain, through all your suffering, you can still have joy. Because there's one God. In Jesus that loves you. Loves you. Amen. One God that loves you. Amen. That's the truth. So sometimes you just got to feel God on fingers. Yep. And if I could save every one of you, I'd save you. If I could heal every one of you, I'd heal you right now. Amen. If I could, I'd, get, I'd, I'd make you all... Well, some of you might not want to be 20 because you're, you're still little. But if I could, I'd get every one of you that's 20 years old right now. But that's my heart. That was our prophet's heart. That's God's heart. But he's got a law. And he has to go by that law. Because one day, that grace has to leave. And Mrs. Jesus, the grace is going to leave. And you are grace. And when you leave this place one day, judgment's going to fall upon this earth. Make sure that you've got the blood applied to your life. And the life of that blood is inside of your life. The hope of glory. But let your church become in so much in love with each other that the devil can't do nothing about it. 
When you looking at one another, you look at your, yourself. And if you think you can hit yourself, then when you're looking at somebody, you just hit yourself then. If you have to say something negative, go look in the mirror and say it to your own self. Because when you're looking at out there, you're looking at Jesus. And when you say, sister, you need to quit flapping your mouth. You're talking to Jesus. Well, that brother, deacon, he tells my daughter one more time, you're telling God not to tell your daughter nothing. Well, if my pastor says that one more time, you're telling God that you're going to do what? If mama and daddy makes me go out and do the trash one more time and go out there and feed those crazy, nasty old bird chickens, they're not going to like it. Be careful. That's Jesus you're thinking about. That's why it says obey your parents. But I don't like taking the trash out. I'm 50, almost 53 years old. I'm still taking the trash out. So come live with me. You can help me take it out. Trust me. Boys, you're going to take trash the rest of your life. <laughs> Girls, you're going, to, you're going to clean dishes the rest of your life. Unless you live with mama. And I guarantee you, I saw two of them this morning cleaning dishes for their mama. But get under the blood. I've got so much here. We're going to stop. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures and then we're going to, we're going to bail out of here. You love him? I hope I said something today that will help you this morning. I don't, I'd rather cry and talk about Jesus and talk about him and let him come down upon us but in Hebrews 9 13 it says but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of the building neither by the blood of goats or calves but by the own blood he entered in once into the holy place having ordained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled unclean sacrifices to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God and purged our conscience with dead works, to serve a living God. For this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgression that we under the first testament that which are called mighty receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 1 and 9 it says, but it says, God is faithful by whom he we're called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise be to God. Fellowship. God wants to fellowship with man. Always wanted to do it. God 
the Old Testament, all it was to fulfill the shed blood. Without the shedding of the blood, there is no remissions of sin. Where there's no remissions of sin, there's no fellowship. You've got to get away from sin before you can ever have fellowship with God. Because God can't fellowship with sin. So you're born a sinner, shaping iniquity, come to this world speaking lies. How can you ever do it? You just might as well quit right now to begin with. You can't do it within yourself. But there is one who died to bring you the fellowship. Back not only to fellowship, but relationship with God. To make you sons and daughters of God. Die for that purpose. Come here. Prove himself Emmanuel. Emmanuel spoke. Miracles happened. Let any man or woman, any divine promise of God, omnipotent speak from the Bible. Miracles will take place. Take place where that seed sits rooted in that heart of man and women. It will produce exactly what the promise is because it's the word. Watch fellowship. God wanted fellowship with man. And he has today. Who wants fellowship with God? Who's willing just to totally die out and say, Father God, forgive me. I've been stubborn. I've let circumstances come around. Father, help me tonight, Lord. Oh, I've had bitterness for this person. I've, I've, had, I've had this. And, and Lord, maybe they don't come to my church anymore. But you know what? I still love them. I pray that God does wonders for those people. Father, help us in this little community, Lord, to have the fire of the power of God come down into this place and fill this church up. Because, Lord, it's time to go home. Let us totally die out, church. Don't let the devil come in here and storm around you anymore. You got the right. You young people got the right. You're under your mom and daddy's uh, promise. You can stand there right now and say, Satan, if you don't get out of my face and get out of my house, I'm going to go to my daddy and we're going to pray you out of here. You're on my mama. She's got a cold. I'm going to go lay hands on her because the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And if they have any sins, they're forgiven. Many times I've laid hands on somebody. They were healed immediately. I I didn't have to scream. I didn't have to go up there and go, in the name of Jesus. He ain't going to scare him. He's going to look back at you and say, you dumb head. I have the right to be here. She wants me here. Or he wants me here. But if you could expose him. The devil's been telling you. You're no good. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Satan, you're just exposed. Flee in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
And he has to go. Because authority spoke. Put your brother, your brother, and you're, you're the preacher. No. You sisters got it. You stand there and grab a hold of your, your covenant. Your, your long hair is the glory of God. There's power there. And you grab a hold of it and say, one more time, Lord. Satan, I'm done of you now. I'm tired of you messing with my family. I'm tired of you messing with my church. I stand here in the name of Jesus. Come out of my people. And he has to flee. The Bible says he has to. Because when he recognized faith, he gets, ah. he's a little man, but boy, that faith is in him. I don't want to mess with that guy. He's got glasses on like the preacher. Woo! What is it? My Holy Ghost. And you say, no, he's my Holy Ghost. Then I say, you're my sister, you're my brother. And we get to hanging on with each other and we start to dancing. Before long, they're going to call you Pentecost. Oh, my goodness, that little Baptist church down there now, that Methodist church, then people were running out speaking in tongues. Well, it happened up in the upper room. Yes, sir. And there's nowhere in the scripture where it hasn't stopped yet. Oh, Hallelujah. Amen. What is it? Are we going to believe a bunch of trash or are we going to believe what the prophet of God said all the way until he died? I love it. Let's water the word, brother. I need somebody that knows how to sing. Come up here. Because I will sing and we will be running out the back door. That's one thing my pastor told me. He said, you don't do, you will not sing specials. I said, God bless you. Love you, church. Let's just bow our heads for a moment in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, I know my family's probably sitting there at home, probably listening on. They're probably shaking their head and laughing at each other. Said, "Oh, that's Daddy." But Lord, I'm just me. I'm not going to change for no man. But Lord, one day I did do a change. And Lord, I took my char- character and I gave it to you, Lord. And Lord, whatever wasn't good, you took it away, and those that was good, I kept it. And Lord, my humor, you let me keep it. Lord, I pray tonight, Father God, if there's anybody in this church that needs to be under the blood, and as our pastor starts singing songs, the prophet of God says, just let's worship him and let's worship him and let the water of the word fall down upon us. Whatever happens, Lord, let it be in the name of the Lord. We love you. We thank you, Father God. Strengthen these people, Lord. I pray, Lord, if there's any sick among us, I pray that, Lord, when they leave this place, they're healed. Lord, let us be filled with your presence, Lord. Forgive us all. Forgive us for all of our shortcomings, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's sing a song, my friend. It's the blood that gives me strength. Oh, from day to day.
Friends of the Lord is here. And you know that when he is here, you can get whatever you need. Don't leave without it. Don't leave without it.
This love is so real 
See the 
gain a victory tonight. Oh, I'm free. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm free. I'm no longer bound. There's no more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's such a blessing. tonight amen what a mighty God we serve who can do these things but God this is not a man this is not an emotion this is the great I am I am so happy to know in my life in our experience here that he's the same that he's always been God vindicates his word by bringing it to pass what a blessing tonight what a blessing tonight did you love him tonight Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Let's bow our heads. Dear precious Lord Jesus, how thankful we are that you're mindful of your people. Lord, you're nothing. Nothing's new to you. You, you know how the devil comes against us. You know all the, the fire and the tribulation and trials and testing we go through. Your, your prophet said that you allow it. Not that you're trying to build some little wimps or things like that, but you're looking for a conqueror. You're looking for an overcomer. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your patience with us. Not one of us here are worthy of such long-suffering and such patience, Lord, but we say thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Lord, for being patient with us. We ask tonight, Lord, that you would help us be patient with each other, that you would help us to live for each other, help us to love each other, and if need be, help us to die for each other, Lord. Bless our brothers and sisters here tonight. Satan has tried so hard to get between us and tear us apart, Lord. I pray that your healing balm, Lord, will just rub over any wound, any complex, any, any offense, anything like that that Satan's got traction in, Lord, that you would heal us, body, soul, and spirit, Lord. I want to say thank you for being the great physician. And, Lord, you don't just have only a specialty in a human body. You do real good on souls and spirits, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. You're very good at your job. We appreciate you. I pray, Lord, you bless Brother William tonight, that you'd give him rest, that you'd give him strength. Touch his voice, Lord. Touch his body. Build him up, Lord God, and bring him back in the morning so he can be poured out again for your people. Touch his life. Touch Sister Sharon. Right now, Lord God, you are her healer as well. By your stripes, Sharon Smith is healed. We believe that in the face of every lying symptom and every lying devil. Satan, you're defeated. You've got a body of believers here that believe the Lord Jesus, that believe his word and are putting it into action. She's healed. We trust you tonight, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Lord, you could have easily left us alone. You could have easily left us in whatever we was in, whatever shape we was in. My Lord, a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but, but God, you've got a picture in your mind. And you are the master builder and you are the master sculptor. And you do very good work, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you've not give up on us. That you've not quit and walked away. But the, the promise is that you're faithful to finish what you started. 
Lord, ain't no man started this work here. This ain't my job. This ain't my work. This is what you've started, Lord. This is what your word is calling out and bringing to pass right before our very eyes. And we get to simply be recipients of such amazing mercy. Help us, Lord. Help us to surrender all that we are. Help us to lay aside any weight, Lord, that would trip us up, that might beset us. Help us to fling wide every door that you, the King of glory, will be lifted up in us and that you could be glorified in your people. Lord, I thank you for all you do. Thank you for your presence right now, Lord. Lord, we don't just get this anywhere. This isn't, it don't just happen anywhere. This is under your shed blood. This is under your revelation. This is the word, Lord, still being a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. We bless your name. Bless us in a fellowship next door, Lord. Let this same presence go there with us as we talk to each other and live and live for each other. In your precious holy name, Lord. Bless our brothers and sisters as they go their separate ways. Be with them in their cars on the way home. Help us, Lord, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed tonight. Grace the Lord, I'm free. No longer bound. There's no more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's such a blessing. Sing praise the Lord. Blessing is such a blessing.